0: I don't quite remember it and seek it out, but when I do listen to it, I have a good time.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Eurowhat, episode 150 for the week of March 28th, 2022. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. Hey, Mike. And our special guest, Evan Stewart. Hey, Evan. Hello. We are a group of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. This week, we'll be talking about six more songs from this year's first semifinal. Welcome back to the show, Evan.
0: Thank you for having me. It's good to be back.
1: I understand that you and Ben were both at the Dati Fair show in New York
0: this past week. We were. Dati was was here in in my adopted city and we got to see him. It was wonderful.
1: Mm-hmm. It was a very good show. Oh, that's so awesome. We're, we are recording this on Sunday and I am very much looking forward to
2: his Chicago show happening on Monday. It should be a treat. Yes, yeah, No, you are you were in for a very good show. Like I had a blast. It's obviously heard Two of his
0: songs. I've chucked out a couple others that have come out, uh, but I was impressed by his versatility as an artist. So I, I really enjoyed it.
2: Well, and like I never remember any of the names of his Icelandic songs. So just every time that one starts, I'm like yes, it's this one. Uh, so that was just happening a lot.
1: Awesome. Uh, yeah. And uh, how has your Eurovision preseason, current season? I guess there's not really a uh, clear definition of preseason for Eurovision, but how, how has it been, Evan? <laughs>
0: It's been kind of a roller coaster. It started out really great <laughs> with Ronella and Chanel winning. They're kind of my jam. Uh, and then it got a little rocky for a little bit. And I was wondering if this is going to be kind of a downer of a year. And I think it's kind of redeemed itself with the last few national finals and, and internal selections, some of which we'll talk about today.
1: Are, are there songs
0: that you are uh, particularly rooting for? I am basically fully in the, in the tank for... Sweden and Cornelia Jacobs. It struck me on first listen and I have been sort of rooting for it ever since. I was a little worried that it wouldn't win Melfest and I now that it has, I'm looking forward to seeing it in Torino.
1: Excellent. Oh sorry, are, are you going to be in Turin?
0: Uh well, depends on the ticket situation, <laughs> which is Kind of up in the air right now, as at least as we record this, but I will be in Torino, yes.
1: Excellent. We are planning on being in Italy, at least, but yeah, yes. the ticket situation, and I don't know, our, our track record with this show is as soon as we uh, hit stop on the recording, uh, news will happen, so
2: throwing that out into the universe. Yes, yeah, so we were just sort of hopefully <laughs> greasing the wheels for whenever they're going to announce tickets. Yes. I
0: think that's a pretty good, uh, there's a good chance that it could happen this week, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully this is the one.
1: Uh, Well, let's get into what we're actually talking about today. Uh, We've got six more songs from the first semifinal. Uh, We'll be finishing up the first half of the first semifinal with Netherlands, Slovenia, Switzerland, and Ukraine. And we will start talking about songs from the second half of the first semifinal, uh, which will include Armenia and Austria. And we have not talked about Armenia yet. They uh, dropped on the 19th, which was after our regular coverage of selection season. So uh, hurry it up next time, Armenia. Let's get started with The Netherlands and S10's De Diepte. So this was an internal selection from The Netherlands. Uh, S10 is a singer, a rapper, a songwriter. Her debut album in 2019 won an Edison Award, uh, which is kind of the Dutch Grammy. And her second album reached number five on the Dutch charts. Uh, one of the big ticket aspects of this entry is it is in Dutch, which the Netherlands has not done since Ben's favorite entry, uh, Shalali, back in 2010. <laughs> what are folks' thoughts on De Deep De? Uh, Evan, let's start with you.
0: You know, this is a really exciting song in that it is a song that should exist outside of Eurovision, which I am fully in love with Eurovision songs and and the sort of camp and like uncommercial aspect of some Eurovision songs. This is not that. And I still love it. I think that there, there's a modern feel to it. Um, sort of a brooding energy that uh, I just find like enthralling. It grips you really from the first note with her sort of ooing and I, and, uh, I just find it sort of magical. And it's, it's the kind of thing where I don't want every country to submit something like this, but I'm so glad when countries do because it, it just adds a level of quality to the show that sort of helps to give it a little bit of, of authenticity and it, re- realness, I guess.
2: I would completely agree with that. Like, I love what the Netherlands has been doing with their process since the days of Shalali. Uh, Where they they brought it very internal, and they've been picking songs that exist as great songs, not just Eurovision entries. I like this one, and I like the bill it has. But then I keep doing rankings now that we have everything, and I keep finding this one surprisingly on the bubble for me. And just that there's a lot in this first semifinal that's really good. I wonder if there are other songs in this semifinal that are kind of doing the same thing it does that might end up being more immediate because they're in English. Because, like, this feels like it's in, in a similar space to, like... Amanda Tenchard's entry for Greece.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. I I'm, I'm kind of neutral on this one. Like I I enjoy it while I'm listening to it, but it does kind of fall out of my head as I'm listening to other songs in this semi-final. I don't know if it's just me Blocking out all of the Dutch that I spent learning on Duolingo in the past <laughs> two years. Because it's like looking at the lyrics, like it is just like, oh, I should be able to fully understand this. And it's using all of my brain power to be like, wait, what does that word mean? I, I feel like three minutes is too short for this song. It needs like one more step or something. Like, I, I don't feel like there's a true catharsis at the end of this song. It, it feels like it's an airing of grievances, but without any sort of resolution
2: interesting well yeah and like i'm i really like this selection in that uh the dutch selected her so early because i've been diving into her back catalog and it's fantastic i like it but i think there's just a lot of other things in the semifinal that i find i'm liking more
0: i could sort of see how it's not the the, the catchiest song start we're gonna talk about another one in the semifinal today that's very catchy and and sort of grabs you uh, a lot faster as well um but i i just find that it there's you know, she did this performance on, on a Dutch television show, Matisse Katja or something like that. My, I have not learned Dutch on Duolingo, so that was probably <laughs> a butchered pronunciation. But I found it so stylish. You know, it reminds me of that Montaigne lyric from Technicolor. We've got styled lasers, because uh, she's sort of like engulfed in this laser cube as she sings it. And I, I feel like it has a chance, at least, of creating a moment on stage, even if it's a little bit more of a subdued one, uh, that at least draws a, a... Well, it'll seem like a classy moment that should get jury points, and hopefully uh, its its share of the televote Certainly it's gotten me.
2: Yeah, I am very interested to see how they stage this, because the, the the official video for the song does some very interesting play with light and, and sort of this internal glow, where I'm wondering if that's something they're going to try and bring in. But I think if they stage this right, I, could, I agree, it could very much be a moment. The Netherlands has been doing great stuff, and I would like to see them continue to go down the road they've been going rather than have hell- an off year.
1: Yeah. And I don't think this entry is a misstep on their part. I think no. it's just a case of it's just how the lineup shook up. And yeah, uh, yeah it, just, it could be just a bad draw. But again, we don't have the running order yet. So if this gets positioned in just the right way, it, it could at least have the chance to be distinct from the other songs that are in the semifinal. final.
0: You know, I think it's helped a little bit by the fact that there's a lot of um there's a lot of like upbeat, energetic songs and then also some uh sort of silly songs. Um and so hopefully maybe that can be its own sort of contrast, uh, to help it, you know, gain a little traction. Yeah, like the the first semifinal is so weird this year. <laughs> yes, <it is. laughs> and yeah, this is one of the like
1: normie entries. So <laughs>
2: Now let's talk about what Slovenia is sending us here, uh LPS's disco. So LPS entered and won Emma twenty twenty two via the Emma Fresh process. Uh and they are very much a teen pop band. Uh they are all like seventeen to nineteen I think, and LPS stands for last pizza slice, which I found very charming. Let's talk about disco. Evan, what did you think about this one?
0: Uh you know, a couple of I don't even know how many years ago it was. Might have been last year, (laughs) all the years of running together during the pandemic. But uh, there was this medley that was done at the Slovenian national final by Clement uh, Slakonia, who is this like uh, radio personality turned TV host there. Um, And he sort of traced all the Slovenian entries uh, through the years because it was the 25th anniversary of or like 20. I don't know. There had been some uh, some sort of anniversary for Slovenia. There are songs that when I watched those Eurovisions, they don't exactly stand out. But together, they created this sort of vibe. And I feel like this song perfectly fits that vibe, which is a little loungy. It's got a good melody. It's a really enjoyable song. Maybe I don't quite remember it and seek it out. But when I do listen to it, I have a good time. There are certainly worse ways to fare in
2: Eurovision.
1: Indeed. Mike? I like this song. I am very concerned about this as an entry. As you mentioned, they got through on the Emma Fresh process, which is about finding new and undiscovered talent. And there just doesn't seem to be much backing behind this group uh like i mean they they seem like nice kids and everything but like they have really no social media presence uh, it was very difficult to find any information about them like their spotify page is very sparse and just very open-ended just like oh yeah we like to play all of this type of music and we're still figuring it out and it's just like yes it just feels like this one is going to end up getting lost particularly since it It does have a kind of dated sound, but they're performing it very well. Like, it was kind of reminding me of. Music that you would hear in The Sims as, like, The Sims are dancing to their radio. I was actually watching a video of the evolution of Sims dancing <laughs> before we started recording because <laughs> this reminded me of it. I like this song when I happen upon it, but even trying to seek it out is really difficult because it's not on Spotify yet. And, like, really the only way to get to it is through YouTube. And even then, it's just the performance from the Emma semifinals and final. I wish there was a little bit more backing behind them, but uh as a song, I think it's a fun song.
2: Yeah, like I I like it as a song and like I finally put my finger on what it sounds like to me last night. I was not expecting Slovenia to send city pop in 2022, which city pop is this whole subgenre that came out of Japan in like the late 70s and then the 80s where it's sort of combining elements of of jazz and lounge music with uh, the more up-tempo pop that was happening at the time as people were becoming more cosmopolitan and having more money to spend. There's this song that the YouTube algorithm started serving up to everybody a few years ago called Plastic Love by Maria Takeuchi that one, when I once I, like, that popped up on my Spotify playlist, like, that's what this sounds like. Hmm. Although it's, it's that, but, like, mixed in with, with brass, which is great. Like, that's what I'm really responding to. But, like, Mike, I had also looked at their Spotify page trying to figure out who are these guys and like i also sort of zeroed in on that trying to figure out what kind of music they want to make because like it feels like they are very young in their careers and again there's a weird lack of momentum behind this one because it's very fun and like i like the sound even though it's kind of dated because like we're doing fun things with disco again
1: yep yeah i mean just thinking of how much you enjoy the italo disco uh, side of eurovision it's like oh this seems like it would be right up ben's alley uh-huh. oh, so. <laughs> you know,
2: this, is, this is right in my happy space I'm feeling like the staging we're seeing in the video is the staging we're going to get.
0: I was just about to say that, you know, they, they're young. They're not very experienced performers uh, in the, in the national final, they're sort of standing in front of a disco ball, which is this like half moon disco ball, which is not unsimilar to what the stage is going to look like in Turin. Uh, and I would not be surprised if what we see in the national final performance is exactly what they <laughs> look like at Eurovision. And they'll be nice, and then they'll probably not qualify.
2: I'm sort of setting myself up for that. Like this is one that I'm gonna that I'm gonna enjoy, and especially once the official uh, album comes out, I can play on my Spotify a bunch. The way that they're they've staged it. At the final is just sort of very much like the coolest band at high school prom they're not really elevating it whatever way the the actual lineup for the semifinal shakes out is really gonna affect how i think about things
0: you know and the one wild card here is that youth can be i sort of said earlier that they're they're maybe not mature as artists but also their name is last pizza slice there's like a clearly an <laughs> a slight whim of chaos <laughs> To next group <laughs> And so if they use that youthful energy In a positive way They could surprise us So I would encourage them to do that
2: They got broken God only knows why And sometimes airplanes
0: Fall down from the sky Our Mountains they crumble And rivers they
1: run dry Oh, 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 oh Boys Do Cry So next up is Switzerland's entry, Marius Bears Boys Do Cry. Marius has been a musician for about six years. He won Best Talent at the 2019 Swiss Music Awards, and uh, he was a mystery singer on an episode of the German version of I Can See Your Voice. show. that There was an American version. I did not watch one second of it. I really had no idea how this worked. But he did a cover of I Want to Dance with Somebody when he was on the show. And that has had almost three and a half million streams on Spotify. So congrats. He just recently released an album uh, that has Boys Do Cry on it. Uh, Ben, what do you think of this entry? I don't like it. I don't like it.
2: I clicked through to the I want to Dance with Somebody cover, just being like, is this going to be like a slow cover and up-tempo song? And it is. We need to stop doing that. But then how will like, we have movie trailers? So. <laughs> we'll find a way. And also, it's just like, haven't we done a slow version of the song already? No, I was mixing up with with Sam Smith's cover of How Will I Know, hmm. which has the same vibe as this. And we we talked about this very recently, Mike. The song is too slow. It's just, it's very slow. I was paying attention to the lyrics this time around, and it makes no sense. Like just why are planes falling out of the sky? Like that's that's the yep. part I've latched on to is just like to the point where I was just like, how frequently do planes crash? Uh, it's like one in one point eight million. I, I I was going I was sort of like half trying to figure out like a fun game for this one just to distract from the fact that I don't like it. Where I was looking up the probability and how frequently the various things in the chorus happened, but they happen at such different rates. Mountains do crumble quite. Slowly. Mountains do crumble. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and like though. rivers. <laughs> run dry more frequently than you would think there was a paper in nature i want to say like 60 percent will have like a day during the year that they're just dry
0: all right uh,
2: anyways i was doing scientific research instead of thinking about this song okay. <laughs> <laughs> end of opinion all right.
1: all right so ben did a science evan how did you interact with this one
2: i think this was released
0: while i was asleep when it first came out and so i woke up and It was an immediate no. You wake up in the morning, the first thing you you don't want to hear is a lullaby (laughs) trying to get you back to sleep. Um, But I have to say, every so often, uh, when this comes up on the playlist and I'm in a pensive mood, I do think, well, this is kind of nice. And so I'm struggling with it a little bit. You know, for a long time, I've said that any song can be a Eurovision song, so long as it's bold. And it's definitely a gutsy choice to send something this sort of languid and maybe out of place at a at a concert with twelve thousand people. But uh, it is it is certainly a gutsy choice. And so I'm I'm sort of grappling with the issue: is that uh, can this work on the stage? I think it's going to take a lot of interesting staging, which Switzerland has done recently. But it has a higher bar to clear. It's it's got a long way to go, I think, to to really catch my eye.
1: Yeah, and they did enlist the help of Sasha Jean-Baptiste uh again, uh who did the staging for Luca Hani and uh John's Tears. So I think she may have her work cut out for her with this one. Exactly. I'm not, uh, I, I don't think we're going to have like the four backing dancers uh, <laughs> on, on just this. I was going to ask,
2: where are the four backing dancers wearing hats going to do this time?
1: I feel like this song is trying to do what Tears Getting Sober was trying to do in 2020. And since that one wasn't, didn't end up being like a full entry because of reasons, Switzerland's going to try to move in and take that spot, but It's just such a slow recreation of that song. And it also feels like he's trying to do a cover of What a Wonderful World, but being just this side of impersonating Louis Armstrong, which would have made this even more awkward and uncomfortable to talk about. So I don't feel a lot of originality from this entry. And it just kind of bugs me.
0: It does feel like something that, Maybe a seventy-year-old man would sing at ten forty-five in his show in a lounge somewhere in Las Vegas. I don't know how old Marius is, but I'm guessing twenty-five or so. You know, it's kind of a weird m- mesh up. Mesh.
2: Yes, this should very much be like part of Engelbert Humperdinck's like Vegas residency. Yep. <laughs> I just
1: like the idea of him having a residency. Uh- <laughs> right. I
2: also yeah. Speaking to the pace, and like when I have been listening to like the little playlist I throw together for the week's songs, like every time that this one has come up as like the last song, the, the Spotify algorithm immediately plays Subwoofer. Really? <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's just like you need you need to wake up, and we know that this is in the same sphere as what you've been listening to. So here you go. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I wonder if they're going to end up getting placed next to each other. That would have to happen at the midway break. So like this could be when people use the restroom refill their drinks that sort of thing i mean then... if
2: this is followed by an uptempo anything it's just gonna get sandblasted from people's memories yeah sorry switzerland
1: watch it comes in like third place overall or something
2: i have <laughs> <get the> a <laughs> feeling it is gonna outperform I just... oh yeah no like it's, it's gonna do better than i expected to like yeah. i've i've made my peace with that
0: it's the kind of song that i would hope they would put second but they never will
1: <laughs> <laughs> who knows we may all be sleeping on this one just because of its lullaby nature <laughs>
2: Let's talk about Kalush Orchestra's Stefania, uh, Ukraine's entry this year. So Kalush Orchestra is a rock rap group that formed in 2019. They're signed to Def Jam Records. Uh, Ihor Didenchuk, uh, their flute player, is also in Goa. Uh, they and then there was the whole thing where they finished second at Vidbeer, and then after Alina Pash withdrew, they became the entry. It's also worth noting that like the orchestra part of Kalush Orchestra is fairly recent. Like Kalush is the rock rap group, and then the orchestra side of things is what they have done to sort of bring in traditional Ukrainian music and mash that up with what they are doing. Mike, what do you think about this one?
1: Oh, this one's a difficult one to parse. Right now it is the favorite to win. And I think that is mostly due to current circumstances. And as I mentioned last week, winning Eurovision is the last thing Ukraine needs right now. Like, if, if that were to happen, I just see it just being such a source of problems for really everybody involved. Unless active war is still happening, I could see Ukraine saying, like, yeah, we're still going to host this thing when they hosted in 2005, they had an entire revolution between when Wild Dances won and when they hosted. So like, it, it's not outside the possibility that Ukraine's is going to be uh, very stubborn about this point. <laughs> e- EBU is probably going to have concerns, but it's going to be like, eh, we'll make it work. And yeah, I have concerns about that. I also have concerns that this entry is fine like if, if this were just being evaluated as a song rather than the context that this song is being presented it's not my favorite ukrainian entry i i think it's kind of middle of the road for them and i i think it makes sense that they finished second at Vidbeer. and i can't even really process the song because just the the current circumstances are just c- completely
0: clouding over it i want to really like this obviously there's a lot going on with ukraine i i you know, I my heart goes out to them, and so it's with a little bit of sadness that I say that I don't really like this that much. When I listen to the songs in Vidbeer, this was the standout to me. It has that sort of up tempo, uh, like ethnic feel that Goe had, but with a modern twist, and I I really loved that last year, and it was nice to see it back this year. But it does sort of feel like a very clear uh, trying to strike gold twice in the same spot. And that doesn't quite sit right with me. And then I saw it at Vidbir. And I have to say, it's very straight <laughs> watching this performance. Uh, th- there's a chaotic energy. I don't even know what kind of dancing they're doing, but it's like cr- crumping and it's everywhere. And it, it just reminds me a little bit of a high school band (laughs) like they seem almost more like a high school kind of performer than lps do because they're just so all over the place while they're on stage Mm. i don't know if you guys have ever seen the meme there's a scene from one of the charlie brown movies uh where they're dancing on stage and everyone's kind of doing their own different kind of dance and it often gets paired with whatever modern song has the same sort of bpm to it one of the guys in kalish really reminds me of one of the characters who's sort of like dancing in profile and i always sort of think of 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 charlie brown now when i watch this it's just kind of all over the place and i, I hope it doesn't win i hope it does well for them and and the, that they get their moment um but it, it's not exactly
2: what i'll be rooting for i really like this entry like it might be my favorite of semifinal one Ooh. but like i'm also just in the position of like it would not be great for ukraine to win right now it's it's definitely in the same space as go A. But it's also mining like a different musical mashup of sort of the traditional folk elements and in this case, like the hip-hop elements. I kinda like this all over the place performance-wise. The the song is just very joyous to me, and like it was my favorite at at, at Vidbeer. I'm also in the same position as you, Mike, where I'm just like, it's gonna be such a headache if this wins. I I would like it to do well because I like it a lot, and I think it has things that will appeal to both the televote and the jury but i'm also just like i really hope something like like sweden squeaks through is like yes this is this is has just enough more points where this comes in like a nice second or third to say yes we like this song but also we like just makes it so that martin osterdahl doesn't have to like start doing meditation therapy or something yeah
0: I have to say I'm not too worried that this is going to win, which may be foolish and, you know, sort of famous last words. But ultimately, I think the jury realizes that they can't host, on top of which rap has never done very well at Eurovision, on top of which they're, you know, if they want to deduct points for staging, if it's a little chaotic, there's going to probably be room to do that. So I feel like in the end, it probably will sort of fall safely short.
2: Yeah, it's one where I I I absolutely understand like why it's at the top with the bookies right now, but but as we saw last year, just because you're top with the bookies does not actually translate to this is the exact lineup of the scoreboard at the end of the day.
1: With the staging aspect, I think that's going to be something that's uh, much different this year. Just because like I can't imagine that they are spending a lot of time right now like working on staging. Like this is this is not going to get the same level of support from. The Ukrainian delegation, I would think, just because like they're busy right now, uh, like, like yes. that, that's the thing. I, I would be kind of surprised if this is going to be all of that different from the Vidbeer performance, because they already have that performance figured out.
0: Are we even sure they're going to be in Torino? I know that they've said that they will definitely be participating with a, a video, mm-hmm. but I don't remember if I've heard that they're, we're certain that they'll be in Torino.
2: That is a very good point, and like I think it is probably still too early to say. Yeah,
1: I mean, like I, I would have to think that they're... at. They're going to try, but I, I, yeah, I mean, I think so much of it is just like, where are things a month from now?
0: I really hope they are there. I don't know if you guys have watched Eurovision 1993, but there, that was the first time that Bosnia and Herzegovina was in Eurovision. First of all, where they take the stage, everyone is clapping, and it's audibly much louder than the clapping for any other performance, even though ultimately it's going to fall near the bottom of the pack. Um, but then there's also a moment where they they give the results and it's from Sarajevo and everyone just cheers that they've managed to connect Sarajevo during the middle middle of the the Yugoslav wars. So I really hope they get that moment. I would love for it to be in person. I think it'll happen either I way. Just need time.
1: Over to Armenia, we finally got their entry. It comes from Rosalyn and her song Snap. Rosalyn is a singer, songwriter, and producer. Uh, she previously tried to represent Armenia at Junior Eurovision in 2013. She released her first single, King, in 2021 and very into Eurovision. The song was reported recently was up for consideration for armenia's 2019 entry uh but i guess they were keeping in their back pocket for <laughs> for the year when everybody's trying to send a female guitarist to the contest ben what do you think of this entry?
2: i find this one very charming i see why she was maybe sitting on it for a couple of years although i like just knowing the the eurovision like you can't perform this publicly at all like i cannot believe that she's been like waiting on this one since 2019 and like it could just be like the right combination of circumstances where she's now Armenia's artist. It's got good energy and it's been a while since we've had like a counting song. So like, I I just find myself very charmed by this one. Although I want to know what the performance is going to be like, is it just going to be like her also noting just like the number of things in the second half of the semifinal where it's like a lady with a guitar is how is this going to stand out?
0: I also really enjoy it. It falls sort of mid pack, if I'm ranking all the songs, but, uh, I kind of like most of the entries this year. So, you know, I, I still like it. I, I always think that Eurovision's about five years behind the times. Uh, and that makes sense that this came out. It was written in 2019 because it seems like it's from about 2014. It's been compared by a lot of people to the Lumineers. And I absolutely see that comparison. Smith and Tell. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce that. Tell me if I'm wrong. I just find that she's really sweet there. I do find it funny that this is competing in the same year as sweden they're sort of about similar things about trying to to get over someone and and needing more time but you can see that sweden elevates that concept to a much higher level than this does this is the much more generic version of that but still enjoyable
2: I, i do remember seeing on twitter somewhere some somebody suggesting a mr bean scenario where mr bean is supposed to deliver the junior eurovision and the eurovision tracks for armenia to the studio and is told not to mix them up
1: Oh, that's mean. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, which I don't,
2: I don't agree with. I think this is a great Eurovision entry, and I thought that their junior Eurovision entry was also like well pitched for the level it was at. So, but, but yeah, like I, I like this one, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's in the part of the semifinal with a lot of people with guitars and there are things like Iceland that have like, there's three of them and they're doing really cool harmonies to set them apart. Whereas this one could maybe get lost in the shuffle.
1: Yeah. I'm just surprised that this is coming from Armenia. Like if you had told me that this was Ireland's entry or Denmark's entry, it would be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But it's just like the, the production of this and the whole package feels so unexpected. And I don't know if that's necessarily unexpected in a good way or a bad way. And I I like this entry. And I think positioning in the lineup is going to be a big deal on this one. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how the second half is going to be divided up in a way that is uh, going to benefit any of the people who are actually in the second
2: half. Yeah, like I was looking at that today, just like that is going to be an interesting puzzle to solve yeah. for whoever's job that is hopefully they can space them out <laughs> Closing us out today and hopefully adding some diversity to that second half of the 1st semifinals lineup, Austria's entry, Lumix featuring Pia Maria's Halo. So uh, just fun fact about Lumix, he's been producing music since he was 11 years old. He is now 20, so he is a relatively well-established electronic producer. How are people feeling about this one now that we've had it for a few weeks? Evan? I'm obsessed.
0: (laughs) That's the long and (laughs) short of it. (laughs) (laughs) I think that this is so fun it's so fast i i did listen to your previous episode where you compared it to dance dance revolution and uh yes and i am i love that about it uh and i just find it's such a pick me up it's probably at least relative to the amount
2: of time it's been out my most played your vision 2022 song mike how is your relationship with this song evolving and changing
1: well, okay. So this past weekend, the TV adaptation of Halo came out on, I think, Paramount Plus or something. It's not, a, it's not a property that I am at all interested in. I've never played the Halo games. Uh, I'm just, it's just not my thing. But every time I saw a tweet for this, this song started
2: playing in my head. I was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> fine, you win. Uh, <laughs> Would Master Chief listen to this song?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. That 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 is a big question. And like, it's. It is what it is. And I think that's a good cop-out answer. No, um, it's like, (laughs) I still think it's a lot. And I think it really is going to come down to what is this going to sound like live. And I believe they are on the roster for Eurovision in concert, or at at least one of the pre-parties this season. So... I kind of want to withhold judgment until then just because like the question of the vocals, since it is so processed in the tracks, like what is this going to sound like? I'm not getting winner vibes from this at all, but like I, I think it's it's fine.
2: Yeah, like Austria has been trying some interesting stuff the last two years. I mean, between the two Vincent Bueno entries and this, like there's just a lot of a lot of stuff happening. And like it's still very much a sugar rush for me, and I think it is going to stand out amidst all of the stuff in the second half of the semifinal. Mm -hmm. But I'm also wondering, A, what are the vocals going to sound like? B, what are they going to do for the staging of this? We talked last time about like, how do you make Lumix pressing the buttons visually exciting in a way that works? Like if it's too early in the lineup, is that going to wear off by the time it's actually time to vote for things?
0: I would say there's probably a good chance that this comes last, actually. It's definitely a high risk, high reward sort of scenario where... Uh, They have to pull off the vocal, and you're right that we don't know what that's going to sound like. Um, And they have to be so smart with the staging. Uh, In the music video, they they show them a lot, but they're kind of in the background and they're often sort of dancers come in and distract you from them. And I actually hope that they do that. I, I feel like if you do some really smart camera cuts and you have people who are really good at what they do, uh, like entertaining, you don't have to see the man at the controls. You don't have to, uh, you don't necessarily even have to see, I mean, you should see her for a little bit, but she doesn't have to be the most prominent thing. She certainly shouldn't dance. It doesn't seem like she can that much. <laughs> um, but I have a little faith in that the last three years, regardless of how much I like the song to begin with, Austria has sort of upped their game in the staging. Like I thought, Panda's song in twenty nineteen was such a bore. That was my personal take. But her staging was beautiful. And so, if they can really elevate this in the way that they've elevated others, um, I, I think they could do well. But I agree, probably not win. I'd definitely not win.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would agree. I would totally agree with you that they have stepped their game up on the staging, just as as a whole. Because like I was not the biggest fan of Amen last year, but I thought they did a beautiful job of staging it in a way that that was dynamic. And although it's also worth noting that one did not make it through. But I I think it it turned it from this one's not going to get through to it was a surprise that that one didn't make it through. It took it from the bottom of the pack to the bubble.
0: And I think this one's on the bubble already. So if they do a good job. Yeah, if
2: they do a good job with the staging, they could could move it out of that kind of scary territory.
0: It's certainly much more accessible for most of the the crowd that sort of watches Eurovision. I would agree with
1: that. Yeah, like I'm not all that concerned about this qualifying. I think it's just like which side of the scoreboard is it going to be on? I think it's probably going to be mid-table in the end of it. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it's a good shot in the arm
0: for Austria.
1: Evan, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Uh, is there anything that you'd like to plug or uh, things you'd like to point people to?
0: Well, I'm on Twitter at Evan M. That's M as in Malta. Changed up their song and they missed the mark. Uh, Stuart. And uh, there I sort of post about Eurovision and about film. Which is my other major passion.
1: Excellent. And what is your pick for best picture this year?
0: I'm sticking with The Power of the Dog over Coda, even though there's been some last-minute surge for Coda.
1: That may end up being the news that happens after we stop recording here. So, <laughs> but until then, that's going to do it for this episode of the Euro What? Thanks for listening. The Euro What podcast is hosted by Mike McComb, That's me, and Ben
2: Smith. That's me. Show notes are in the description of this episode and on our website at what.com If you'd like to contact us, we're at what on Twitter, or you can email EuroWhatPodcast at gmail.com.
1: The American Song Contest is underway, and we're just asking questions about it over on Patreon. More information is available at patreon.com slash EuroWhat.
2: Next time on the EuroWhat, first time guest Mike Knocknagle will help us puzzle through the last six songs of the first semifinal